all the super old Christian dragon uh, iconography and stuff. It's like it's, it. That's a snake, bro. It is a snake <laughs> on the ground, and it is the size of a snake on the ground. Like I could not be less interested. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just laid siege to our town. Yes. Slithering about. Saint Michael's like basically stepping on a frog. We're like, you did it. Eternal glory and salvation is yours. Everybody and welcome to Paragon Marathon, where you don't just get the half Dan, you get the full Dan. <laughs> That's weight I'm talking about. Yeah. High energy today. <laughs> I'm pretty jazzed on this excellent fight, boy. You think this will be grand dull? I think it'll be grand delightful. <laughs> Yes. I yes. am Sarah. I was going to do a different one of like, oh, is that Angelina walking into the room with fake high heels as a dragon lady? No, it's me, Sarah. Hi, everyone. Nice to be here. Nice. Mother of monsters. Options. Like Lady Gaga. Grendel oh. is fucking brilliant. You, you made it. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And I'm Tom. And because I am an honorable man, I am recording this podcast without the aid of any clothing. <laughs> I'm so glad we don't use webcams. <laughs> you guys aren't on webcams? Who am I streaming to? <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> Open line to the prison. I was the boy. <laughs> I, have so, I have so many questions about that specifically uh, in terms of honor and nudity. Because like, is that a thing? I don't know. It's pretty straightforward to me. <laughs> if a guy you're going to fight isn't wearing pants, it is an unfair advantage yeah. of you to have pants on. Yeah, but what if a guy you're going to fight has glasses? Like, do you have to go get a pair? <laughs> yeah, close one eye, whichever yeah. one's better. Uh, I it's see. just about preemptively eliminating any Johns, just like today. <laughs> Some things never change. Beowulf would have been unimpeachable in his Smash Bros. play. It's That's true. right. <laughs> every day so I aspire key. to be more Beowulf-like. <laughs> Low tears only. <laughs> okay, I follow. All right. So yeah, uh, did we say Beowulf? No, I don't think so. so <laughs> today, everybody, we are talking about everyone's favorite uh, old English translated poem, piece of literature. It's very old. You won't find this undusty and burned in any manuscript. It's Beowulf. It's Beowulf. Bu- bu- By bu- everyone's Beowulf. favorite poet, Beowulf poet. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And to acknowledge our sources, I mainly pulled from uh, Seamus Heaney's translation and self-recorded audiobook. It's fantastic. Go check it out. Us Beowulf scholars call it the Heaney Wolf. Mm-hmm. And I mostly Heaney pulled Wolf. from 2007's uh, Robert Zemeckis's Beowulf, <laughs> uh, featuring Angelina Jolie and Ray Winstone and Anthony Hoppies. Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Rothgar Hopkins. That's yeah. right. 
Uh, I did read through, I didn't read the full Tolkien translation of the poem, but I read a bunch of the commentary and I did flip through it. But yeah, when I went through the whole thing, I listened to the Haney audiobook. Hmm. Yeah. It's great. pretty short, right? It's actually it is. Not- it's a yeah, two sure. hour listen, which is nice. Hmm. Um, and like, just as we get into it, there is some discrepancies from what we're going to have read to what the movie is. Ah, interesting. And like some of it was also <laughs> written down in other places, but not in the like big text. It, like maybe it was in the part that got burned. <laughs> so like the, the swimming contest is going to come up. Like, okay, good. It's just not in the Heaney translation. That was not? not there. Yeah, exactly. He oh. has a very pleasant and cordial talk with all the like centuries and raid watchers he meets before he goes to Hrothgar. Okay. He doesn't have to brag about how many sea monsters he can punch and still win a swim race. That's okay. That's that makes more sense. Cause <laughs> <laughs> but like I also learned about that in lit class. Like that was mm. part of a text I've read before, not just made for the movie. Interesting. So there are parts that are in some versions and not in others or slightly. Beowulf, yeah. like all texts, is a living text. Uh, mm. The more scrutiny on it, like the more popular it is through history, like the more variation there will be, especially when you're dealing with something that has all these different translations and room for interpretations, especially, right. especially after like the one you know, super legit manuscript that we had in the 18th century, like barely surviving a fire and losing key sections. Wow. Um, yes. Not to mention the thousand years before that, where it had been possibly altered by various people recording it with various interpretations and perhaps agendas. And then before that, where it was an oral tradition poem for a few hundred years in a few different places and would have been constantly, you know, shifting yeah. here and there wow no i know tom knows exactly how much of a like melting pot this sort of middle agesy uh scandinavia to britain to denmark mm. was like a lot of different linguistic groups intermingling retelling this story but also still connecting it to specific points in history like yeah. half dan was a dude the dragon beowulf fights maybe not mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay so dragon we- erasure yeah you hate to see it all the time (laughs) do you have like an estimated date then of when (laughs) this would have started being told yeah i love talking about this i mean there's no any first of all i'm definitely not anything close to a beowulf scholar and even the real beowulf scholars like always start by saying like we don't know shit really (laughs) like specifically we're like seventh century rendlesham yeah so like uh the manuscript that most of what we of the current version is based on most people say is produced between like 975 and 1025 CE in England in Britain okay uh, by the Anglo-Saxons um a lot of people think that it was like first written down in a in that in close to that form in the early 8th century like around the time of Bede Bede is really important um, hmm. It's bead, b e d e, not like a, an anal bead. Right, uh, right. That's right. I, I don't know why that's the like, first type of bead. I yeah, why was <laughs> not like a necklace? Or yeah, it's the only kind of bead that has a specific job. All other beads are pretty universal. Maybe it's because I think that bead is a bit of an anal bead, but like <laughs> you know, he's he's a, a meticulous bead. Yeah, <laughs> he he was a like a a. a 
essentially like a if you want to imagine a monk he was like a hmm. a british um he was sainted he was spreading the word of god in anglo-saxon england and well i mean technically it's sort of danish pre-anglo-saxon england or or right you know it's earlier days anglo-saxon england um he was spreading the word of god he was trying to he was writing histories uh, he wrote the ecclesiastical history of the english people which is important to some of the arthur story as well hmm. um and so I was listening to a podcast where a bunch of Beowulf scholars talked about this, and they do say that in terms of placing the the origin date of the big manuscript, um, of the important manuscript, Bede sort of tends to suck a lot of things toward himself because it's like yeah. one time and, and guy that we can pin down who was doing a lot of writing and correspondence with other people who were doing historical writing. So like... It makes it more tempting to say this was written during Bede's life because there's more material that you can point to. But right. you know, it's easier to reference to the thing that we know more about, like easier to yeah. connect it to him that we have a better context. Of. And to clarify, he didn't write it, but no. um, it's just like the age of Bede. And he, he was alive from like something like 680, 670 until like the, the he died halfway through the 8th century. Right. And he was writing in northern England kingdom of northumbria so um before that time it would have been the story of beowulf would have been told in scandinavia in mm -hmm. frisia and denmark and northern germany in parts of southern england as well um as an oral poem it seems likely that it was pagan in origin because it's about you know these these geats these old geats and geats. uh danes and the form we have is pretty christian has a lot of references to heathens and throwaways to god and the book of genesis and things like that but um people like tolkien think that it's pretty clear to see linguistically where some of these things were additions that don't necessarily fit so again everyone's like interpreting this story a little differently at least in terms of like the cosmology and maybe some of the broader themes but like anglo-saxon england be like that it was a cool as dan said like melting pot of the like original britons that are eventually called the welsh um with some celtic mythology and background scandinavian and germanic uh religion and or or mythology and belief as well as since around 400 uh in southern england like early christianity uh, all mixing together and at various times living peacefully with one another and trading ideas, and at other times being not so nice to each other. Uh, <laughs> so it's just really easy to believe that this story, you know, had a few different flavors at a few <laughs> different times and places. And I just think that's super yeah. neat. And, yeah. And it was clearly like a banger. People wanted to hear this one a lot. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, so it, it, it does that historical telephone thing, probably, mm -hmm. of attaching other things from other yeah, stories probably. to it. <laughs> yeah. Like a, a snowball going downhill. You get bigger. Like a fanfic <laughs> that's gotten out of hand. Yeah. Right. Uh, until you get to crazy, like, what if Grendel's mom had stripper heels? What? And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, what if, though? <laughs> yeah, maybe we'd live in a more honest world. But like Dan said, it's a, it is always about this these kingdoms in Denmark and, and Scandinavia, like the Geats. Mm -hmm. Beowulf is a Geat, which mm -hmm. is in like southern Sweden, and he goes to Hrothgar's kingdom in Denmark. 
and that yeah. never changes as far as we can tell and that would wouldn't preclude it being like the most popular story in England for Angles, Saxons or Britons or other Germanic peoples like or again Danes in England because like they all felt like they were okay, I don't want to speak for every individual person on that island, but there was a feeling of like <laughs> close relationships especially before Christianity became like a harsher divide in some places. Hmm. And of course like England is not one country uh, one nation for a long time, uh, really until like the 11th century. It's a series of kingdoms often called the Heptarchy, the Seven Kingdoms, oh. um, which does not include Scotland and does not include the Welsh kingdoms. So you got like Wessex and Essex and uh, East they Anglia, had a Mercia. And an Essex? Wessex West is like. Six and East Six. Yeah. Right? The yeah. West Saxons and the East Saxons. Oh, doy. Uh, yeah. Wow. So Wessex would eventually be like the heart of the English monarchy. So if you go look at certain genealogies of like the quote unquote kings of England, they go back to well before there was in England to the kings of the West Saxons. Okay, like that's, that's where so you get, sick. Like Alfred. Basically, they were the ones who were organized enough to dominate the other ones. Yeah, no, um, one guy I listened to in a podcast talking about Beowulf is like, and maybe the queen doesn't know it, but her ancestry goes back to Odin himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is fucking hilarious. Yeah. That's so metal. Yeah. Good for Be- her. Because I mean, like, also. Yeah, no, screw her, but yeah. cool. It's not that long. Like, like 100 years is a long time, but then the more we look back on this period and the, the various, like, border changes and custom changes, like, it's it's just like a the blink of an eye. The, wow. the West Saxons conquer most of Southern England from the Britons, Um and they're not Christian. They're pagan and they're worshiping some version of Odin and Thor, uh, as near as we can tell. And then soon after, certain among them convert to Christianity, mainly like Kent, the southeastern corner of England. And, you know, it, it goes back and forth. And then famously, lately especially, people are like really into Alfred, who was king of the West Saxons uh, around 900. Uh, and he, besides being extremely devout, and extremely influenced by the writing of Bede, like a hundred so years before, um, is it so organized and really starts to? Um, He's your first Type A king, big really time. Yeah, <laughs> managed like invasions better than all the other ones. Yeah, he he built uh, like structured Forts. defenses. Yeah, the Fortnite Burs. king. That's oh, right. Toy. The first Fortnite king. Wow. Um, which are really help, like just having walls up Pogs. is really helpful to stop Vikings from raiding down a river and just like walking in and taking everything. You just totally sort of, Pogs. you don't even have to fight them. You're just like, you can't come in. And they're like, well, God ah, damn it. <laughs> I was already to walk my feet up there and take your treasure back. But now there's like a door. I'm just going to go sail to that church. Those guys get don't up. even have weapons. <laughs> yeah. And I know I'm going to just get off track and talk about Anglo-Saxon England. And I'm, I'm stopping here. Yeah, that's a lie. But like the, the, the one thing I did want to say about Alfred is that around that time, which is close to or a little before the time that we're getting this like Christianized Beowulf uh, manuscript, mm-hmm. um, Alfred is really into uh, pledging loyalty to his family. Like this is where customs start to change from the traditional Anglo-Saxon into like the more modern Christian European thing. He's a big fan of Charlemagne. He's a big fan of uh, continental Christianity. And instead of this fairly democratic by comparison, Germanic Scandinavian-esque system of like swearing fealty to your Lord, and then he dies and maybe it's time to 
pick a new lord from among the nobility who offers the best deal. Like, no, you swear loyalty to the family, and what binds you to that oath is the promise of your soul's respite in heaven. Oh, like, Jesus. And yeah, he's bringing it all together. The best treasure to share. Ex yes, exactly. Right? Like, this ties into the big paradigm shift that Beowulf covers, where they talk about how, like, Peace can't exist in a world where, like, the strongest man is king because as soon as he's dead, that creates a power vacuum for everyone else that couldn't beat him while he was alive, but to come take all his shit. <laughs> uh, and it talks about, like, the changing oath of kings, like, in Anglo-Saxony times after was, like, the first line of it was uh, where we, like, swear to keep the peace, right? Which wasn't a possibility when you're... As the when you as king were responsible for like constantly having a good influx of treasure and like raided goods hmm. to dispense to your followers, yeah, to share, yeah. Well, uh, so this was civilization equals hey, let's stop fighting each other, semi rich guys, and just create an order where all the time we have all we want and the poor people don't have enough. Oh <laughs> man. That Ugh. makes a lot of sense for rich people. Status quo, baby. Right, they're much more organized <laughs> than, like, the normal populace en masse. We're always kind of in the reactionary place. <sighs> yeah. And I know I've talked about this before, but literally, there's a strong correlation between families being wealthy today and having an ancestor in Europe who is basically just, like, a gangbanger for a guy with a pile of gold yeah. bracelets. Yeah. Another thing like, I'm going to point out a bunch here is like how much importance objects, specifically like sweet swords and armor yep. and helmets are, because those last longer than the individual life and would trade hands if like you were co uh, conquered, right? Like the history of the weapons and who is currently owning them is more important than. Well, a sword is a pretty line. precious material at this time right like it's not easy to just get a sword exactly they represent a lot of wealth time and expertise right so they all have sick names and like a storied history that also just adds to their magical power like how you perceive them <laughs> there's a few good ones here i'm excited to mention as we go through this hell yeah Sweet. But uh, yeah, no, I think with that framework, you guys want to hear the story of Beowulf? Yes, Yay! please. Yeah. Hurrah. I can't please, hear you. Lord, no. Please tell us a tale of your <laughs> I'm dying. Oh, Peasant service here. I didn't want to start without her. I, she wouldn't miss it for the yeah. world. Right, because she can't Lord. read it on her own. I exactly. <laughs> I'm so bored in my <laughs> filth. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only ones in my life who entertain this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no one else put up with this. Everyone else just walks out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's very authentic peasant treatment, yeah. unfortunately, Sarah. <laughs> Solidarity. Thank you, my lord. Do not speak to me. <laughs> Do not look at me in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go flog myself. My poor jeez. Okay. Please, yeah, please continue. Uh... Something I love about this type of story already is it doesn't have a, like, a long, long time ago or, a, you know, whatever the fairy tale intro is. Uh, this and all the other stories I studied in my Icelandic literature class just start with, so. <laughs> like, they, well, they yeah, right to it. I, yeah. yeah, we get into it. So anyway, <laughs> but it does lack so some of So it says to the... Mabel, I says. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> it does lack some of the flair of white. Yeah. But, you know, apparently yeah. Tolkien would start every lecture by yelling that. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Or at least his Beowulf lectures. Yeah. <laughs> Go off, King. Uh, yeah, so it starts with a quick, like, genealogy. The narrator tells you, like, you know this already. We're all, you know, descendants of these Danish kings and whatnot eventually. The uh, shieldings. Yeah, exactly. You get oh, wow. uh, one dude, you get Bayo, you get half dead, and then eventually Hrothgar. Hrothgar is who we're really concerned with, Anthony Hopkins. Nice. He, you know, learned how to be a good lord, which meant uh, loyalty to your dudes, being open-handed with all the treasures nice. you're handing out. And, uh, yeah, just inspiring loyalty. Because, again, if your guys didn't like you, they'd find someone that they did like, and then he would be the most powerful. <laughs> So after sense. his adventure, yeah, there's like real logic in that, as opposed yeah. to invisible free market and magic. It's like right, like when the workers who are sword workers yeah. have autonomy. <laughs> That's a very different role, isn't it? Like it's different than just union. like a clerk and uh, doing data entry. Like what kind of threat is that? But like a if your clerk suddenly had a sword. <laughs> and just yeah. like, Treasure now, please. It changes bargaining power. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's separating the worker from the means of production, which is mm. the sword he's pointing at. Oh, shit. Is this secretly a Second Amendment podcast? Oh, <laughs> We went and done it. So anyways, <laughs> after Hrothgar's many adventures and like gaining of followers, he says, I need the Hall of Halls. I need the best absolute like outback steakhouse you could ever Sick. imagine to party in constantly. He calls it Herit, and it is the greatest house in the world. Uh, it's yeah. light shone on many lands, uh, but he does not get to enjoy it for very long at all because they make such a ruckus partying and drinking and making nice. merry that this real knob Grendel just can't stand it. He hates it and is going to wreck their place for a good 12 years. Every night he shows up and just gets real nasty murdering them. Every night for 12 years? Yeah, like eventually they stop sleeping in it. But okay. uh, it takes them a while. There's a lot of slaughter before that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Dak home of more under mislopum, Grendel Gongen Gorgis Irber, Mintum Se Manska Manak Sinis, Sumni Besquiren in Celebam Heen. Gesundheit. I thought I'd give it a shot. No, that's I awesome. I bet I got zero pronunciation. <laughs> that's the thing. I think Old English, if you say it with confidence, no one will correct you. Yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> the translation yeah. was uh, Tolkien saying, he came now from the moor under misty fells, Grendel walking, the wrath of God was on him. Oh. Foul thief, he purposed of the race of men, someone to snare within that lofty hall. Right, and it's one of those things where it depends on the slant of the author. Like, is the wrath of God upon him, as in he is the one that is, like, the subject of the oh. wrath? Or is he bringing God's wrath? Because right. these are heathen parties he's crashing. The Heaney translation, like, there's a lot that is literally, like, Grendel is the descendant of the line of Cain, where all monsters, spirits, ghosts, and giants come from. Okay. Yeah. So that's, like, a healthy mix of biblical and, like, pagany imagery coming from a biblical source mm -hmm. i want to take a real quick moment to shout out the liber monstrorum yeah uh which is an early uh seventh or eighth century anglo-latin catalog of marvelous creatures and monsters <gasps> the book and of monsters yeah yeah exactly it's just like got a hundred and something monsters in it um and 
it's not as well known as the Beowulf text, but it's like some of the some people think that the author was like inspired by some of the stuff in this text. But that is just to say that like Grendel, as well as Grendel's mother and the dragon, spoilers for upcoming dragon, um, mm-hmm. are like these the like it's cool that it's a monster monsters, story. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. These are these are about threats from outside. Like Herot is this like idyllic it's civilization. Or this, like, ideal it's of safety, civilization. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like the ultimate form. It's supposed to be like the most beautiful hall or whatever. Well. Uh, and then we have this cascading series of things from outside humanity um, coming to, to threaten it. And so, like, are they... Yeah, that, that question of, like, is it is it punishment from God? Maybe. I feel like that's probably more of, like, the, the more modern interpretation getting away from the original, which is just, like... We have to stick together as people because the world outside is dark and scary and filled with shit way beyond our comprehension. Yeah. So there's like, a few we gotta weather those. The narrator like distances himself from the like normal audience of the poem and says stuff like, And these people thought Beowulf was the greatest lord ever. Not me, I know it was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Nice. Right. Subtle. Like, saved. saved. <laughs> no yeah. one can get mad at me for this. Uh, there's well, also this note about how like Grendel can go in night after night and murder folks, but he can't approach the throne because that also sort of represents God's authority and like the divine right of kings. Mm. So he's like a blight on Hrothgar, but would never kill Hrothgar. He is suffering, and therefore the land is suffering. Interesting. Yeah. Which is very Arthurian. Again, like not that it's exclusive to Arthur, but that concept of like the land mirrors the king so if like mm-hmm. if the king is either wounded or marred in some way or has done something dishonest or cruel the land suffers in this yeah. like metaphorical extension of it big so, hamlet energy right there's something yeah. around in the state of denmark and it's the mm. ghost of the king being like we're all fucked yeah <laughs> um oh so anyway we should do a hamlet episode later oh, yeah. yeah absolutely oh my god i've been wondering if we would ever do shakespeare and i think we definitely should sweet that's a good one. So at this point in the story, the the word is out. Everyone's like, man, have you heard about Herod? It was the coolest party, but now I hear it is very scary. <laughs> and uh, Beowulf hears about it. We're going to stop here for our first uh, kenning aside, because his <gasps> name is okay. a kenning. Beowulf, the great and mighty hero. Two words combined into one to change the meaning. Beowulf. Beowulf. <laughs> What's the wolf to bees? A bear. He's a big bear. Oh, that kind of bee. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, he is a honey menacer, would be an equally accurate <laughs> I just named him. But Beowulf's wait, catchier. Wait, so, wait, what kind of bee? Are we talking about the bees? Bzz, bzz. Yeah. So he's a bee wolf, so bear? That's yeah. how that... Isn't it the That's best? That's how we do the wolf math of animals. <laughs> yeah, we should think about good kennings to replace our names with by the time we're done wow. so this this poem's title is actually just like honey bear <laughs> <laughs> old papa bear versus a dragon yeah that is like a really cute way to do a cool name it's bee so wolf I, I am the bee, the bee. <laughs> right so this very angry bear he hears and thinks like this is such a good opportunity to gain glory clout uh he takes his 14 Honey. best dudes and he sails out on the whale road which is the ocean mm-hmm. the road whales use the one that teachers use to explain what a kenning is and then 
move on from forever. Exactly. Wait, what? I, that Time. one's not going to be in the quiz later. That is the like goalpost setting. Like you do you get what a kidding is now? <laughs> Wait, things. the B-wolf or did I miss no. something? No. Whale what? Road. Whale Road <laughs> I'm on the whale road. Yeah. Oh, the open whale road. That's really cute. These are all cute. <laughs> Why don't we make words like this anymore? Like I know in German like a snail is like slug with a house. Like, why, oh, why don't rules. we do this anymore? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the thing. Like, the older European dialects, like, do have a lot of those remnants in them. Like, mm-hmm. that's why German words are, like, 40 characters long sometimes. Oh. Yeah, because yeah. they're telling a whole, like, mother goose story <laughs> real quick. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Okay, Brothers I can't wait Grimm, for more I guess. of these. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, they come a-sailing. The first thing that happens, a watchman comes down and says, Hey, why are you here looking so impressive? Like, this is this war? You have to tell me if it's war. Uh, and <laughs> Like the whole like, cop rhetoric? <laughs> like, you got, you got to tell me. <laughs> Dude. Otherwise, it's entrapment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, Beowulf says, no, show me to the shield of the Danes, Hrothgar. I am here. Unless you want to suffer forever. That's that's your, totally your call. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, all right, I'm clever. I pay attention to what is said and what is done, your deeds and your actions. And I can see from all your high-level gear that you guys do not suck. Come with me. Nice. Good choice. Yeah. And uh, let's see, Hrothgar shows up. He's like, oh, I know about Beowulf, the son of Edgehill. It's heard or said that he has the strength of 30 in the grip of each of his arms. The strength of 30 bees. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> the honey getter is upon him. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so he's a buff boy. He's like well known as like big buff bear boy. <laughs> yep. Beep, 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 beep. So Bell <laughs> says, I have accomplished many things. Don't even worry about it. Your problem is infamous. I will gain all the glory by helping. Also, I hear Grendel doesn't use weapons, <laughs> so I will not. And in some editions, he's also like, he does not wear armor, so I will be naked. Nice. And Love it. All of this to Pervert. heighten Hayglock's fame. Hayglock being Beowulf's lord. Oh, I thought uh, that was the name the for his wiener. <laughs> yep, it's that too. It's a complicated relationship. My lord! <laughs> so with this announced, they're like, fuck yeah, we could party in Herod all night, and then Grendel will come eventually, but first we're gonna party! Nice. Yeah, there's the beautiful queen, Wealthil. She's also like cupbearer. You do all this to honor people, have her like share good wine from very expensive cups. That's and, nice. And uh, let's see, Beowulf says, oh yeah, this is where he makes his formal boast. Right, it's like the called shot of heroes. Okay. <laughs> the official boast, yeah. You're right. On the record. <laughs> and uh, the queen's like, that's a very good boast. You're definitely going to do it. If you do, you'll get all the treasures you want. Uh, and Beowulf's like, it's well known. Grendel is an idiot and has no idea how swords work. It would be way too easy to use a sword. <laughs> and Beowulf's men at this point are like, oh, we're all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and like another fun thing this book does is because like it's really you know, like of the three big themes, which I'll come back to, but just naming quickly are memory, glory, and futility are mm-hmm. like the easiest through line to draw. Mm. Uh, the story's always telling you like how something's gonna go before it just tells you what happens. So it's like here comes Grendel's worst trip ever. 
<laughs> it's like how they title earnest movies. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's adorable, no good, bad day. Um, it says Beowulf is ready and watching. But Grendel rips open the door and just absolutely eats a man very Whoa. quickly. And that's one of Beowulf's men. One of Beowulf's right? fourteen Not- dudes, yeah. yeah Brutal, yeah. man. Right, everyone right. else has gone off to sleep. Beowulf's got naked and is waiting. <laughs> and it reads like, like he allowed for it. Like Beowulf is yeah. naked and waiting, and he's like anticipating that Grendel is going to eat this dude. And that's, but he, I guess he waits for Grendel to come up to him. Exactly. Like he's like, make the take the first shot, bro. <laughs> and Grendel like wow. eats a guy casually on the way to him. <laughs> and like, ooh, all right, <laughs> can't break stealth yet. Yeah. Uh, then they get into a real. The, you know, mud pit wrestle. It nice. says that, you know, it's a good thing this glorious mead hall is so well built because they were wrecking shit all over the place. Can you describe Grendel how he's portrayed in the story? Like, is there Huge any description? misshapen man. Like, yeah. that's sort of the archetype you give. You don't get a lot of details. Later, when he's telling the story again, he talks mm-hmm. about Grendel's big talons, like he's got big claws. Okay. But so he's, he's man-shaped kind of, and huge. Is the yeah, idea. like, there, it occupies that Monster also serves to like fill in some gap, like let let the reader or listener fill in some gaps themselves. Right. The important thing is that he is giant and dangerous and like Inhuman. man adjacent. Yeah, not not human, but like you Close. know, yeah, yeah, like a warped man in some way. And that's the Cain connection again in the translation. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, like the the Crispin Glover look in the fucking uh. movie is in theory. As valid as any other Grendel interpretation. <laughs> the freaky eardrums and like the... Oh, I forgot about those. That's yeah, so that was a really weird explanation for him well, being a psycho. Just bothered by his rowdy neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, we got to humanize Grendel, guys. Like, otherwise it doesn't... <laughs> otherwise none of this makes a lick of sense. Otherwise, yeah. why did we cast Crispin Glover? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they took some swings. <laughs> well, and apparently... Like uh, in the in the podcast episode I listened to and in something I read, just some article, I can't recall shit, um, like Beowulf has been with us so long and people do try to provide some like modern interpretations on the themes of it because, mm. you know, fair enough that our interpretation of those bigger ideas might change. So like if originally it was being scared of or being wary of the stuff outside civilization and outside humanity... Like some authors or translators think it's more interesting to see those outside threats as like aspects of humanity. So like the the question of Grendel's humanity is interesting to some. I know there's isn't there a story written by Grendel's perspective? Yeah, oh, like cool. a, a famous uh, like in a like the the Phantom of the Opera book, but from the Phantom's perspective. Like, yeah, like yeah. This, uh, and uh, Wicked, right, is the same mm-hmm. sort of genre. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, the idea that. Like, humanity's problems are also of their own making, right? Like, succession is a problem. Like, the futility and, like, the way all your kingdoms will fall is present in the poem. So the movie, I think I heard the same podcast, uh, like, they give credit to the idea of, like, the fact that they're the sons of the men and monsters, Mm -hmm. like, trying to connect that thematically. Hmm. It's weird. Uh, I don't know how well it succeeds, but I like the idea of it, and I guess it made for a hilarious Shrek-like movie that we yeah. can still enjoy today. Well, yeah, and it's so it's like that the the stories we're talking about where you're changing the perspective that's interesting and worthy of exploration. The the Robert Zemeckis movie is not doing that like in moments <laughs> it seems to, but just like 
I hate I hate him. I hate Crispin Glover Crendel so much. I hate, I totally hate him. There's nothing to like about it. No, (laughs) but the idea that like Beowulf himself is the author of his own destruction for that one time he couldn't resist having sex with a hot monster. Yeah. You know, that's a struggle we all deal with. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get, we'll get to it. We, (laughs) we definitely will. But thank you for describing Grendel that right. paints a picture we get back to the fight Grendel is just like I have never been hurt before I am so fucked what do I even do and Beowulf just doesn't let go and eventually rips his whole arm off from the shoulder noise yeah it's like Grendel gets away he can limp out of there but everyone knows like that dude dead you can yeah because he's got this. a he's got a tattle yeah he'll tell his mom <laughs> Or does he even do that in the poem? He just limps off. He doesn't necessarily go to his mother. No, I think it says he gets back to the marsh he came from. So the same like weird spooky pool. Okay. Yeah, they all go there later. So at this point, everyone's stoked. We didn't talk about it, but like Beowulf's men join in the struggle and strike with ancestral blades. But Grendel has conjured the hurt from all weapons forged. So like swords don't work on him. So it doesn't really matter. Even though it seems to fly in the face of Beowulf's whole, like, mano mano macho thing. Right. Well, and that's interesting because um, it seems like people often describe the series of his three challenges as, like, you know, truly individual, like, no armor, no clothes, power on power, and then escalating to, when that won't work, like, use the use of swords as necessary, and then escalating to the use of, like, an army or for friends and gear like yeah they sort of still like, represent his power right like yeah his dudes we go from like wrestling grendel to dueling uh his mom to like war against the dragon yeah the dragon he straight up needs uh all his gear plus friends to help yeah right. yeah which is pretty cool i like I, that. I really like that too the way it sort of takes the three types of monsters from the monster librum the different kinds of conflict a person would face Hmm. and like reflecting on like wow i haven't had to deal with any of those when's the last time you guys had to wrestle a problem like i'm thinking i'm thinking about that yeah right now everyone's in party mood they're like no way our hall is great forever (laughs) uh like hrothgar comes in after and like says first and foremost thanks god i thought i would be sad forever but now a man, with the Lord's assistance, has saved us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he says, his mother can say the flower of manhood, or this flower of manhood was worth the labor pains she suffered. Like What, what, a, what an interesting take on why a mom should be proud of her son. Like, finally, Wait. it has been, the juice was worth the squeeze. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> and yeah, he uh, all but adopts Beowulf as his son, says, like, you are like a son to me kind of thing. Yeah. Here are many presents. He gives Aww. him a gold standard, like a full golden embroidered banner. Sick. Uh, breast mail, a helmet, and a cool sword. Uh, and Beowulf's like, wow, these are some of the best treasures ever. And Hrothgar's like, wait, there's more. Eight horses <laughs> and my own gear on them. Uh, and it says he bestowed them with customary grace. Like, it really hits home the tradition and practice of rewarding like all the sweet loot you get from doing a quest man that's not this just makes a video sense. game mechanic yeah that's law like he did the thing and now he gets the sick swag from right? it well deserved well deserved it's not just like honor 
No, he gives Bale of all the things, and then he gives treasure, just some, you know, unnamed additional treasures to Beowulf's men, and he pays the Ware Guild for the guy that died. The one that Grendel eats right away. So the man price is another Kenny. That's a cool concept and sad, Mm. but it makes sense that like, yeah, it, it was like a legal thing. So you didn't have like every time someone died, uh, society devolve into endless reprisals and uh, rivalries. Yeah. Right? You just oh. pay a dude reparations and then you're done. So does it go to his family or something? Like, yeah. Yep. Okay. That's nice. Then there's this big interlude we don't really have to talk about. The saga of Finn and Sons. It's just uh, like guys celebrating. They get a bard in here to tell a favorite story. And mostly it just re uh, uh, restates the themes of like glorious heroic deeds dudes did and then how they die and all their treasure is taken and all their enemies conquer all their shit. Oh. Yeah. Can I, this is a good moment to uh, like, I was thinking about Beowulf and Tolkien a lot, mainly because we did that last. And also I was reading yeah. his translation, but like it makes sense that Tolkien was informed by a lot of the Anglo-Saxon shit he was so obsessed with. Um, but like, I see it. I see a lot of similar themes in, like, broader Lord of the Rings and in Beowulf where, like, memory slash reputation, or I guess glory, if you want to call it that, like, is driving a lot of characters, um, especially Theoden. Like, Theoden, and again, he was yeah. like, the writers of Rohan are, you know, Anglo-Saxon as fuck, but mm-hmm. you really see it. Like, no, there's, <laughs> a, like, Beowulf later has huge Theoden energy. Um, yeah. The dragon stuff specifically, like I have just gone through The Hobbit again. It is one to one exactly how Bilbo and the dragon goes, like how this dragon shows up. I'll I'll go through it in detail as we get. Yeah, there, I want to know. Yeah, yeah, but just to put a pin on what I what I mean, like you know, Theoden when he comes out of his darkness um, is resigned to um, if even if victory is hopeless, like live like fighting a fight that will live on in memory like worthy of of being retold um while also embracing this sort of sense of futility like the whole all shall fade motif which you Hmm. which he comes to like embody and it proves not to go down that way thanks to you catastrophe and divine intervention or whatever you want to call it but like there is that that feeling in beowulf of like this is the important things are living on in memory and gaining glory but never losing sight of the fact that like you will die and things will move on. So you like strive to be remembered as much as you can, but it will fucking yeah, end. Yeah, your <laughs> deeds are the only thing that can outlive you, right? Yeah. Uh, metal as hell. It is metal as hell. And that's where like the, the Christian piece like doesn't seem to fit. And I take that as like further proof that the origins of the story were not necessarily Christian because yeah. like Exactly. That's a and different that's, MO. It bumps up against how the narrator tells the story, too. Where yeah. he says, like, and then God decided to make it go this way. <laughs> uh, like, he, um, oh, did I write that as a... No, it's not part of the quiz later. One of the kennings they use is, uh, God weaved the fate of his war loom, or on his war Ooh. loom, that Beowulf would Whoa. win. And then out pops Grendel's arm. Not exciting at all. No. Weird. And like an odd rule to give God as like a spinner of fates. And it really feels like a combined previous tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Totally a dude who is like writing with the context of stories of Norns. Yeah. And like is now suddenly like, no, 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 that's all fake. It's all fake. It was God in three trench coats the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Three trench coats. Yeah. 
so the queen also says, like, great job. You fulfilled that boast you made. Here is a torque of the most splendid gold. Torque uh, is a fancy necklace. Please. Oh, yeah. Dang. And it's like twisted gold, right? Like worked into brilliant refinery kind of thing. Oh. I knew that she gave rings. him a torque, but I heard you say twerk. And I, I like that. Her being it. like, you have earned one royal twerk. And she just like gives him one just. and it's sublime. And then. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the most You've earned tradition this, of all. Hero. Like. Uh, you know, I'm not really an expert, but I, I guess strip clubs are like mead halls. Oh, today, yeah. Right? Like, that's the closest. Like, if the president was also there and yeah. like doling out favors from a and royal treasures. seat on high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I learned from Mad Men that Swedish people just like have sex within 20 minutes of meeting each other. That's right. To There's know this each great other. article I could show you Swedish way of love. They're very, they're enlightened. very enlightened. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hate that Mark character. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It always comes back to Mad Men. It does. Mm -hmm. So, everlasting glory is Beowulf's. They party like crazy. He's taken to, like, the royal, like, suite for just good boys. He gets his own place to sleep, which is only important because Grendel's mom comes back this night and also wrecks the place. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's the same night? It is the very next day. The next the night, monster yeah. came back. She just couldn't stay away. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it, the commitment to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the poem describes her as grief-wracked and ravenous. And it's hard to tell whether this is deliberate or just accidental. But she pounces and took the most beloved retainer, a great warrior, a guy Hrothgar will describe as his, like, goodest friend and soulmate. Oh. The warrior Eshery. Um, the, so she just takes him. She, yeah, she he she kills and abducts him. <laughs> like it is not questioned that like oh that fucking guy is dead. <laughs> the it talks about how the Danes are always ready to party, so they spring up and they get their spears and shit. But it doesn't help. Eshery's dead, and they they're like we chased her away, but she probably just left. Oh. Um, oh, I I don't want to go into the we'll, we'll do more movie stuff, but in the movie they have all of the men dead, hanging and like dripping blood from the <laughs> ceiling, and he just wakes up from a nightmare and then looks around and all of his friends are dead except for his like one bestie, like oh. it's horrifying. <laughs> what they did. Yeah, yeah, it's like really over the top dumb gore, even for this story, like. It's like they're trying way too hard with it. Just in like the two clips that I watched of the movie. Like, it's yeah. really embarrassing. That's what it felt like. It, it, this is post uh, 300, right? Yeah. Like I think they were trying to catch <laughs> I thought you were going to say 9-11. Well, that's what it is. It's synonymous, right? Like 300 doesn't happen without 9-11. And we're still in the slime era. So like there's got to be slime. <laughs> There's, yeah. there's goo, and of there's course, slime. as as we discussed, all the visual assets are pulled directly from Shrek. So it's like <laughs> it's literally Prince Charming tearing a monster's arm. It really off. is. Yeah. I forgot that is like pretty much the same build, like the model they used. Right, it's, they it looks like the like, same face as the it, Rupert Everett dude, character. Yeah, it's yeah. so embarrassing because I remember all of the marketing material around this movie, and people were like, "They finally done it. <laughs> the the that code. is indistinguishable from reality." Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's always what they do. <laughs> it like, looks like Shrek. 
the same shit for Avatar, right? Like everyone's like, I can't even tell what's real anymore. Mm-hmm. Live yeah. in the Matrix. It's like, oh, I think it's the blue people that <laughs> mm-hmm. are real. Mm-hmm. You think we know? Uh, we'll we'll have to dive back into it, but yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> How far we've come. Right. Shrek three colon the honey bear. Final Fantasy eight. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> Alex awesome. Baldwin's just floating around in the background somewhere. Spirits Within looks better than Beowulf. It does. Yeah. It, will, he's not I wrong. I will die on that hill. <laughs> we'll have to watch both picture yeah. in picture. <laughs> you know, that I hear they sync up. <laughs> With Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Where were, yeah, his mother uh, came back. And... Right. Uh, everyone sort of wakes up to this real bummer after an excellent party. Um, Hrothgar is very upset. His best, best friend is gone and says to Beowulf, like, Hey, you want to run that shit back? Same quest. You'll get extra treasure. (laughs) Just go do it. And Beowulf says, yeah, man, don't you mourn. It's always better to just get a revenge. Um, and he says some cool, like, uh, live fast, die young shit. He says, living in this world means waiting for our end. Let whoever can win glory while they can. It will be the warriors, like, only bulwark as they, yeah. Uh, so that's all that is left after they're gone. Uh, oh, yeah, and he says, like, now get up and be the man I expect you to be. And they, uh, and Hrothgar's like, thanks, Beowulf. Thanks, God, for making Beowulf so cool. <laughs> and they, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> he gears up in style and grandeur. And here I wrote big and energy. He is being yeah. inspired to go forward and do something, not wallow in despair. Aww. So they make a party and they sally forth to the lair of Grendel. It's up a big hill in a forest with some very spooky water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah, dismal woods and bloodshot water are the things he says. Wow. And as they get to this really nasty place... Uh, there's Eshery's head just on a stick at the shore. Aww. Right, like Grendel's mom is fully disrespectful, teabagging but the whole party. This is uh, this is Beowulf going by himself, though, or is everyone uh, No, here? the whole host shows up with them. The, so including Hrothgar? Including Hrothgar and wow. like Beowulf's dudes. That's sad. As they get to the water, it is infested by all kinds of reptiles, sea dragons, and there are monsters slouching on the slopes all around. Oh. Beowulf is like, ew, gross. And shoots one with an arrow. And his seasoned shaft went deep. Nice. And then all of, uh, like, you know, this monster is having a bad day. <laughs> and all the guys sort of swarm it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, kill this one in particular. Fuck you. <laughs> and they do. Mobs. Mm-hmm. Mob mentality. Um, Beowulf's like, all right. Uh, Grendel's mother is much more uh, formidable. So I'm going to wear my, like... It's not magical specifically, but just sort of by the nature of his armor surviving previous battles, it gains this sort of uh, like fame and power attached to it. Like a luck, right? Like lucky almost? Uh, yeah. It's like leveling up common gear into epic gear because okay. it, it gets experience while you do is how it makes the most sense to me, right. a normal video game man. As, as you should be. Yeah. <laughs> So he's like, now I am crush proof and choke proof in my armor. I've got my sweet boar hat on. And one of uh, Hrothgar's men, Unferth, is like, Beowulf, you gotta have Hrunting, my ancestral sword that has never failed in battle and has accomplished many heroic deeds. Nice. And Beowulf's like, that's great. If I die here, 
uh, Hrothgar, please take care of my bros, all my dudes I brought with me, and send uh, my lord Hayglack all the treasure I won and tell him how brave I was and how generous you are. Uh, And he says, uh, oh, and Unferth is to have the cool sword you gave me if I die and can't give him back his sword. That's really sweet of him. Very considerate dude. Yeah. Wait, who's on Firth again? Uh, just... He is John Malkovich in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> right, he's <laughs> one of the dudes that like challenged Beowulf and questioned him before he right. killed Grendel. Okay, right, right. So he's a Hrothgar man, not, yeah. uh, not yeah. a geek. John Malkovich, wow. I know. That was um, bizarre. This sounds like a very so good movie. bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. I'm not going to lie and say I didn't have a good time, but it yeah. might not be the way they intended me to have a good time. Like, yeah. there's there's levels here. Sort of like didn't... The Room, but with medieval oh. monsters. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, Grendel. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. Beowulf says, I will win glory with hunting or die trying. And he cocks a sword like a gun. Nice. Um... <laughs> And he just jumps into the water and goes. It takes him the better part of a day swimming down to the lair. So he's just real good at swimming and holding his breath. They love talking about him swimming. Yeah. It must have come up a lot back in the day. Like, it makes sense if he's a boatman. I was just going to say, like, in a place where war was so boat centric, having a man that could behave like a boat is probably very (laughs) impressive. Wow. So a whole day. That's speculation on my part. Uh, so he just gets into the lair and starts swinging the fabulous magic sword. Um, but the powers of it are foiled. Grendel's mother does not give a shit. The sword is useless. The unfailing sword fails right away. Damn. Yeah. And then, like, Beowulf thinks about his name and all the ways he wins glory and throws the sword away and starts punching. Because he is nice. a wrestle boy first and foremost. Here comes the big bear hug. <laughs> Right? And then, like, as he's resolved to do this weaponless, Grendel's Holy mom shit. pulls a knife. Nice. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and it's just, like, this would have killed Beowulf if he didn't have the good armor. So it's a good thing he didn't try and naked wrestle her the same way he did Grendel, right. or he would have been dead. Not to talk about Elden Ring literally all the time, do it. but this is, this is like the perfect Horalu moment oh. where, like, he starts the fight as like the baddest dude around and isn't getting the it done. Warrior King. Yeah, yeah, Warrior King isn't getting it done with his ex. And then, like, happily enough, is like, you know what? Fuck it. This is great. <laughs> time, time to rip you apart with my fucking hands. And just like goes bad butt honey bear ape shit. And yeah. like, I know he ends up killing Grendel's mom with a sword, but like. But just it's that, a very cool sword. Yeah. yeah. And, and just that hero energy of being like, yeah, basically anything like human made meant to power me up is just like slowing me down. Because I'm like just the <laughs> I guess the I'm too strong dude. for weapons. Yeah. <laughs> God, I just love it so much. Wow. It's great. And this is another point where uh, they insert some God. It says then like God turned the tables and revealed to Beowulf a sword hanging on Grendel's mother's wall. And it's an ancient sword from the time of giants. And it would be way too big for anyone else to even lift. So he sees the buster sword. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And just instantly decapitates Grendel's mom. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's rad as hell. But then he leaves it there. (laughs) The sword, I mean. Uh, And he takes Grendel's head back. 
And he takes, I'm pretty sure, Grendel's mother's head back, and he swims up to the surface. I just, okay. well, just want to interject and be like, way to take credit, God, for being like, I intervened miraculously by helping him notice a thing on the wall. That's and right. then having him do it entirely himself anyway. There's yeah. no yeah. free will, Tom. It's all God <laughs> making you look at things. He and weaved then... it on the war loom. <laughs> and Beowulf oh, would see the thing. I yeah. mean, it's right there on the loom. Exactly. You can't argue with that. You just tap the loom. Ahem. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he gets up and everyone's very excited and celebrating. Um, he says like, it was a desperate fight. It would have gone so bad if not for God's intervention. It takes four dudes to just lift Grendel's head's ba- head as they take it back Damn. as a trophy. Grendel's mom's head? Uh, it said Grendel's head, but I, like, it's sort of conflates. I'm pretty sure they got both heads here. All right. Like, cause that's the more important one at this point. Do you see Grendel's mom as just like a lady big Grendel? Like she's, she's more powerful than Grendel. I think the poem makes clear. Yeah. Uh, um, the I movie her. makes her look just like a hot babe. Uh, well, in the in the reflections, the movie for some reason like relies on the f- reflection shot a lot. Like there are oh. at least ten different times. I'm probably overestimating, but several times when you're looking at a reflection instead of the real thing. And when you see her, the first couple shots, she's like a crazy serpent monster like with kind of a human oh, face but like right. mostly looks like a dragon like a water dragon kind of so thing. It's, okay okay it's her magic cool. making her appear that way exactly right? Right, 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 right. and again no one takes the time to talk about like how hot she looked so that's all <laughs> inferred but i get it it makes me think of like anime boss fights where one is huge and monstrous but then the second form they're like just a small like ar- unarmored person and you're like oh no that's way scarier Yes, yeah, somehow like a slender, <laughs> normal person that can wink, you know, <laughs> people planets out of existence. Yeah, but yeah, um, the part I want to get to before we move on is Beowulf. He left the giant sword, but he brought Hunting back, the sword that failed him, Aww. and says to Unferth, "This was a friend in battle and a great help." That's so sweet of him. Yeah, the story the narr- Beowulf is a sweetie. Right? The narrator says it's because he was a considerate man and put no blame on the cutting edge of fronting. Oh. Right? He didn't want to spare Unferth's feelings. So he leaves the coolest fucking sword ever. In the movie, he does like grip the sword by the sword part. Oh. Like, and that frustrated me to no end of like, it is it super dull or is he just... I think make a badass. Yeah, a lot of swords were more about like this is essentially a slightly sharpened club, so Hmm. it was just about getting the weight and the smashing of it. I feel that. The weight. Hunting. Right. So they have more big parties. Uh, and Be- Beowulf is ready to go. He says, Now we gotta return to Haglock. We gotta tell him how generous you were and all the treasures I earned. But I love you so much, you're like a new dad for me. If you ever needed me, I would come back and fight so many wars for you. It says, like, I would make a hedge of spears around you, which is a fun way of saying you would support them. I'm going to start saying that. Yeah. Um, Hrothgar has some high words of praise for him. He says, you are strong in body, mature in mind, and impressive in speech. And a lot of people have made note of the, like, newness of this. It's not just, uh, like, a classical hero being the most powerful but, you know, also clever and wise and eloquent, right? So he sort of has, I'd call it like Odysseus lineage there. Hmm. 
right? Where it's not just about the deeds, but also how you present the men yourself. He's a lot more honest and straightforward yeah. than Odysseus, but they yeah. both talk good. He's a sweetie, too, so there's that. Right, and Hrothgar says, you're so fucking cool. No geet could be as cool as you. If your king dies, they should definitely make you king. Oh. He <laughs> uh, says, like, my liking for you deepens with time. Uh, you've made our peoples, like, forget old feuds, so, like, you've brought us all together. Wow. And uh, he's also like, ah, I get the feeling I will never see Beowulf again. And it's quite sad. Mm. Here's 12 more treasures. <laughs> he kisses him and cries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like an anime ending. Of yes. Like, you brought us all together. You were smart and brave and strong. And <laughs> right? we love you. We had <laughs> they all cry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I literally just finished Osama ranking, and like th that's this is exactly what's going on. Yes. Oh, so good. Uh, the last thing it does before the end of part one of Beowulf is it talks about uh, the random watchman that was there watching Beowulf's boat when they landed to like go do the Grendel fight was given a sword for guarding the boat so good, and because of that sword, he became a warrior worthy of his spot on the mead bench. Mm. So like these items again have more lasting power than just like family lines or anything mm -hmm. like that. Like he is able to climb the social ranks because of his sweet gear and the rare drops. Yeah. Mm. And like any proximity to these heroes, like, you know, reverberates down through history and like, yeah. Yeah. Just, just by being a part of the story, you're, you right. and your line are like enhanced. Because history to them is this big back and forth of gaining treasure and then being conquered, right? This, mm -hmm. Like they see the futility and like their place in it. The wheel keeps turning. And I was wrong. It doesn't, the part one doesn't end here. It ends after um, they sail back and uh, Hyglak, Beowulf's king, is very excited. And he's like, tell me all about your quest. And another cool literary thing is, like, in the retelling of it, Beowulf adds some more details. Like, it keeps you engaged, even oh. though he's just telling you how he beat Grendel and then Grendel's mom. Okay. Uh, he's like, Hagelak, or yeah, Hagelak is like, oh, I'm so glad you're back. I pleaded long and hard for you to just let the Danes settle their own shit, but I'm so glad you're alive. And Beowulf's like, it's great. They treated me excellent. Uh, he's very diplomatic. I got to sit next to Hrothgar's like princely sons, and I have never seen mead enjoyed Wait. anywhere else like as hard as they enjoy mead and Herod. So in this story, Hrothgar, Hrothgar has sons. He has yes. like a family, and his okay. Oh and yeah, he, that's a part in the movie that he doesn't. And that's why he, he needs a monster boy. <laughs> and for some reason, his wife is like pretty much like a teen, and like they haven't actually like oh, had yeah. sex yet. It's bizarre. We'll go into it later. But, like, that's that makes more sense that, like, a king would have sons and, like, you know. Totally. I, I, I hate that. And it seems like just, like, one of those, like, half-assed, like, people in history were, like, gross, gross. and not, like, yeah. PC. And I use that intentionally because, like, people who would use that phrasing are just, like, have this shallow, like, not even desire to understand historical no. context nor modern context right like, it's like the shitty game of thrones fans that are like this yep. is what it was really like you could sexually <laughs> assault all the time yeah. and it was fine it was great it's like god no that was not it at all <laughs> like, if you don't like it you can't just change the facts yeah. right oh my it's god. hearkening back to an even more misogynist like culture that was never that was yeah. never that bad. Have you guys listened to the one of the latest You're Wrong Abouts about medieval torture? It no. was 
fascinating. Well, they go into it because all of these devices, I won't go too far, but the, essentially the premise is most of the devices we see aren't actually from the Dark Ages. And most of the torture they had was embarrassment. Like <laughs> most yeah. of it was. And That's not awesome. just like, let's, they either you die and we're going to kill you for a crime you did, or we're going to embarrass you for a crime you did. But we're not going to. Yeah torture you for no reason yeah like, like how the iron maiden i know is like a yeah. thing that was not a thing it was like this is what they totally use it was so scary <laughs> back then but it goes into the idea that like people knew that there was some like importance to human life back then like th- you don't just treat people like yeah they scum. weren't entirely gross <laughs> no yeah, it's, as you get further out of the middle ages and into the early modern period like through what we would just like lazily call the renaissance and move on like that's where you get more in like extreme inequality and more people willing to do worse things to a further and further dehumanized proletariat yeah like to get what they want and hoard wealth and power exactly like it's like the yeah no it's fucking, a newer idea than we'd like to think like exactly yeah. and and those same people are pointing to like a quote-unquote dark age being like this is just how it's been done. And I, I, we're way better than we used to be. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you should be thankful you're alive now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it. It's wild. Uh, some of the stuff there is like about women uh, is pretty like one dimensional. And it, it talks yeah, about enough. how like beautiful and wonderful these princesses are of Hrothgar's. They will definitely like seal the rifts of fighting peoples when he can give a daughter in marriage to Lord Ingle or whatever. Nice. Yeah, like, I, nice. I think in the start, it <laughs> talks about Halfdan's four sons, one of which is Hrothgar, and his, like, beautiful daughter, who is a balm in bed for the battle-hardened Swede. Wait, there's actually a guy named Halfdan? Halfdan, yeah. Jeez. Oh, I thought you were just making an incredible joke. I didn't know this was real. It's incredible on yet another level, Sarah. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I assume the name actually referred to, like, Halfdane? It, yeah, mm. exactly, right? It's his heritage. Yeah. Not just, uh... Had like number like, of arms or something. Like he had a dad named Dan and like a mom named something else. Half dead, you got no legs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lieutenant Half Dan would have been funnier. Ooh, Damn. Shit. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Back to the story. Beowulf is relating it. Um, talks about how glorious Herod is and how great Hrothgar is. This time when he tells the Grendel fight, he starts by saying, and our boy Hanshow, who is just named this time, not earlier, uh, was eaten by Grendel immediately. Poor oh. dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I could see Grendel had this huge pouch made of dragon skin that he wanted to put all of our dudes in and run away with like a Krampus. And he had like, his bindle for mention bodies. He had a fun little wallet <laughs> just for dudes and yeah. geets to put in. Um <laughs> Yeah, he's like, yeah, then I won, and it was great. Uh, We partied, and everyone was having a great time. Uh, Like, every now and then, not just the bards were singing, but the king would say a song, or an old warrior would tell a thing. And uh, we partied forever. Then Grendel's mom came, and the noble sage Ashery was taken. Uh, We couldn't even honor him. There was nothing to put on the pyre. (laughs) She had taken him away. So he's like, yeah, there we went. Uh, I fought her and got even more treasure. Here you go. Look how much honor I bring you. Look at all my sweet, sweet treasures. Wait, so he doesn't get to keep his treasures? He gets to keep most of them. He um, gives four of the horses and the excellent twerk necklace. (laughs) Um, And for that, uh, 
uh, King Hyglack is, uh, like, gives him 7,000 heaths of land, a hall and throne of his own, and a different necklace. So there's a real economy of treasure. Dropping mad heaths, yo. So there's, like, a huge amount to be gained for doing these deeds. Like, this makes more sense to me than just doing it for the sake of, like, you know, a name or, like, you know, infamy. Like, you're doing it to get a good life set up yeah, for yourself. Yeah, this is the last time upward mobility was possible. Oh, well, yeah, and it's like, it's not, it's supernatural shit he's dealing with. Yeah. Like, no one else could do it, basically. Exactly. Beowulf is described as the strongest man of his time, just again and again. No one else uh, is as cool. It, there's a little aside here where it talks like, Beowulf was brave, honorable, never killed a drunk man, and Aww. kept his temper, controlling his god-sent strength. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> that's fun. Uh, and they also say, like, before, it's sort of contrary to Beowulf's boasts earlier, that uh, in Geatland, Beowulf had not been thought well of. Everyone was like, yeah, he's, you know, kind of shitty and stupid, I guess. But now everyone thinks the opposite. So, like, it's... I wonder why <laughs> he was perceived that way back in Geatland. Right, and it's probably just because he couldn't uh, amass a big amount of followers. He just had mm-hmm. 14 guys, so he just had nothing to hang his hat on yet. But now he has... Right stories and songs about him um and then it's like and then a lot of stuff happened (laughs) i died he fought the sheaflings in a ill-advised raid and that's something that historians will actually like point to and date it's like this specific invasion they're like that that was real this guy definitely Right, that's how they like place him in the early sixth century or something, right? Yeah, not Beowulf, but just like the stuff. Uh, yeah, going the on. invasion of the Sheaflings, who are ruthless swordsmen and seasoned fighters. Uh, he dies. He loses the good necklace <laughs> that the queen got him, and it's oh. like, yeah, and that's sort of how history goes, <laughs> right? It's told through the items that are changing hands in wow. war. Sweet. Uh, so Beowulf becomes king, and he is just great for fifty years. He is too strong <laughs> for anyone to challenge. And uh, very kind and cares about his people, they talk about. And then one comes to dominate the dark, and it's a big dragon. Nice. Woo! Yeah. This part is exactly The Hobbit, where just some (laughs) random dude finds a secret tunnel into an ancient treasure hoard and steals a golden cup, outwitting the dragon with a thief's wiles. Right? This okay. is yeah, that is a burglar. <laughs> yeah. <one to> one. <laughs> yeah. He comes back with Thrain's cup specifically to prove to the dwarves in the secret tunnel that he is a good burgle boy. Mm-hmm. Um and it's like, yeah, this version, it's like a slave that had you know been fleeing a master and he didn't know what he is really doing. He tried to like give the cup back to his master to be like, give me my job back, please. Right. But he's also unleashed a dragon's fury on the land. Okay, um, yeah. that is so one to one with the movie, actually. Like that, but the cup for some reason is more important. Like earlier, oh. but like, yeah, they just have a slave steals a cup for some reason. Just cut. Nice. Yeah, like that's interesting. Just another like, kind of treasure. You yeah, got this is. I, I like that it's very specifically, and I mean, like, it's no surprise. This is like a Scandinavian story, but like, this is a Germanic dragon, not the vague biblical dragon from writings based on you know the mediterranean and that area but this is like you know specifically in the way he breathes fire flies around has a horde of treasure that he wants to protect forever like he's pretty specifically 
yeah like the fafnir myth totally um, it talks about his like sinewy strength and hard scales like you get a very detailed ooh. picture of this 50 foot long dragon Damn. yeah and it's it's reasonable to say that like since beowulf is the landmark giant story that it is for european history and myth like this specific dragon story probably went a long way to cementing our idea of like the modern dragon yeah um, wow he which has is taken lots of different forms all serpent adjacent right like all the super old christian dragon uh iconography and stuff it's like it that's a snake bro it is a snake <laughs> on the ground and it is the size of a snake on the ground like i could not be less interested yeah <laughs> You just laid siege to our town. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Slithering about. St. Michael's like basically stepping on a frog. And we're like, you did it. Eternal glory and salvation is yours. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> this wow. is the good shit. Yeah. What another... kind of snakes did they have there? Like, aren't they Someone just, just heard about ones? a snake and yeah. was very afraid. Oh Even gosh. like the, the images of like Heracles fighting the Hydra, they're like, oh my God. And it's like the size of a dog. <laughs> yeah. They like couldn't imagine anything worse than yeah. a dog. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't need to be big. It's poison. Right. Like, yeah. Even uh, Cerberus has a snake tail. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ones, right? Not fans of snakes here. And they don't even get the crazy like jungle snakes of no. like exactly. Africa. Exactly. die. Imagine them seeing Anaconda. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. But yeah, this is this is the good shit. This is like million ton armor, like fucking sky lizard. Now we're and like one with a malicious and like covetous intent. Like he knows his treasure has been taken and it talks Hell about yeah. him like that. seething with rage, waiting until night so he can go out and absolutely desolate the land. And that's like, oh, like all my dragon experience and and fanboy ism is like the tolkien dragons and like Hell you yeah. can see that this is the the where it where it comes from right like the the intent the personality the greed like the uh they, they are characters they're not just like uh you know a scary monster it's like the the lust for treasure and the disdain for Dude. human life yeah. and the like the malice uh, to fuck with people and make them suffer. Right. It makes yeah. for a much like, more satisfying story. Because I, mm. I don't like to think... I think every... It's probably varied throughout human history. But, like, we have sympathy for animals. That's not, like, a new thing. Like, you mm. love pe- your pets and you love your cows. And, like, they help you and you help them, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, Sometimes you, you resent them. there are wolves out there. But yeah. it's not like you... Uh, there's no mal- uh, malice <laughs> in their game. Wolf yeah. gonna wolf. Exactly. So, like, the thought of just, like, a giant animal killing for no reason, it's definitely scary, but, like, it's not as interesting as something with a purpose, like, trying to make your life miserable yeah. for its own gain. Like, yeah, I think that's more interesting. So I'm happy to hear this guy's got, he's got grievances. To me, this is the difference between a monster and a villain, like, a... Mm. Dracula versus a werewolf. Like Dracula has a plan, he has thoughts and his own desires and motivations. Werewolf is just out there screaming. Screaming yeah. at the moon. <laughs> Bee wolf. Oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Right>. So to get back to the sad old bear's kingdom. Uh <laughs> The first thing to go is Beowulf's old home and hall and his throne all burned down by the dragon. 
And it talks about how unaccustomed Beowulf is to gloom and sadness. He wins all his fights. So this is new and upsetting. Um, He orders a marvelous all iron shield to be made. And is like, and I am definitely going to die this time. He is very aware of it. It says like he is unsettled yet ready, sensing his death. The prince's spirit would soon spin free from his body. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I like the all iron shield because, like, that would be way too heavy for any normal human to yeah. actually wield. And, like, obviously it's all iron because yeah, every shield burn. would be wood with maybe, if it's like a nice, expensive one, like an iron rim or an iron box. Right, to catch the edge of something. Yeah. But, yeah, that's cool. Exactly. So he makes his formal boast for the last time Sick. and is like, I'd rather not use a weapon, but I'm kind of old now and I'm definitely going to need armor for this one. He says to all his dudes, you stay here. This is just between me and the dragon. Strength against monsters. We'll see who bears wounds better. <laughs> and he goes. Uh, the uh, language is like, and no coward's path he took down into the dragon barrow. Um, trusting to his strength entirely. Uh, it's He talks about like, this is a really bad place to fight a dragon. It is a tunnel that can fill with fire. A lot. Oh. <laughs> and it Ooh. does. <laughs> Um, they, they clash. It says each antagonist instilled terror in the other. So I love the idea of the dragon being like, what the fuck? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) This iron holding man charges at him. Uh, his sword. Um, oh no, did I not write the second sword's name down? It's like Nagling. That's it. This is his king sword. Uh, it hardly cuts through the scales at all. Isn't really doing anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and what does it say? Uh, it was no easy thing for the king to give ground. He has never lost before. But so every man must yield to the whole, uh, last hold of his days. Aw. Right? So and he's like kind of coming to terms with it. Like, he's, Oh, yeah. He feels his mortality in this last conflict. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most faithful and noble and like kinsman to Beowulf, Wiglaf, son of Whalestan, owner of the best name, says he's, he's getting <laughs> fucking amped he sees how heroic this is and turns to all the men gathered and he's like beowulf was always the best we have never had a better king and our life could not be better i would rather be burned alive than go home unhurt like with my arms intact so let's fucking go and is that yeah. the theory of like it's not valhalla that they're hoping to go to like but is there like a hope to die during battle within like this culture at this time like uh entirely in the text right like that could be just the christian over themes of it not wanting to talk about a paradise that doesn't involve jesus and his friends right yeah it's also just worth talking about like viking shit has been very popular in pop culture for the last like couple decades Mm -hmm. and some things are incredibly literal about like no you just gotta hold a sword the moment you die yeah Uh, like okay it could be in your sleep just in a bed (laughs) but that sword is the sword is the ticket but like the 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 idea of like falling in battle and like a brave death being desirable is like probably not completely universal but definitely around this time and these types of people would be on the table okay 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 and like for yeah i mean it might be specifically valhalla depending on what group and when we're talking about mm. all right all right so back in the text mm. wiglaf is feeling himself 
He's like, yeah, guys, we gotta go. Let's go. Yeah. And he yells to Beowulf, like, do it. Be as cool as you always said you were when you were boasting and young. And he's the only one that goes. So all the other guys are like, mm, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, the dragon hears this man taking heart and becomes furious. <laughs> Wiglaf gets burned, but uh, gets up to Beowulf and joins him in the fight, hiding behind the big iron shield. And this makes Beowulf remember how much he loves glory. <laughs> and he hits the sword against the dragon's head so hard it just fucking snaps. <laughs> uh, and it says it was never Beowulf's fate to gain any advantage from swords. Like he was too mm. strong. They would all break. He couldn't do it. Wow. So he That's lands really this cool. huge resounding blow, sword broken, and then the dragon bites his neck and spills his lifeblood all over him. Oh. Wiglaf is still there, so he gets in and stabs the dragon in the belly, which, like, makes the flame leak out. It lessens his attacks insanely. Cool. It's a debuff stab. And Beowulf is like, nice! And, you know, <laughs> he can't use swords, but he pulls a knife, just like Grendel's mom does, and stabs it into the side of the dragon, dealing a deadly wound. Uh, it talks about Wiglaf and Beowulf being a pair of kinsmen, partners in nobility, like victors because of their courage. And so should any man act in times of need, be at hand, right? Like get there. Wiglaf saw he was needed and really turned it up. He's not a hero yet, but he's mm. a lot closer now. Yeah. So it says like in his wisdom, Beowulf knew he was dying. <laughs> he's like, yep, this is a lot of gaping wounds. And Wiglaf is... That's a lot of lifeblood. Yeah. Wiglaf is doing his best. He's washing him off, trying to, like, oh, man, it's cool. You're going to be so clean, just a good, shiny king. Mm -hmm. Beowulf says, oh, I wish I had a son to give my armor and, like, sword and all my stuff to. For 50 years, I was the greatest. Uh, anyway, go show me the treasure I won. Make Ease my dying. <laughs> Let me look oh. at the prizes I get. Yeah. And Wiglaf goes down and sees this just un, yeah, unbelievable, incredible, unprecedented hoard of wealth. There's a huge entire gold banner hanging up in the top of the barrow that illuminates all of the gold in the vault. Sick. Right? And it's like he was excited by treasure, but uh, slowed with anxiety. <laughs> and he comes back with some treasure, sees Beowulf. Wipes the next bit of blood off him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's like, here you go, man. And Beowulf is like, thanks, God, for showing me this treasure. And making <laughs> sure that my people will be taken care of. <laughs> um, and he's like, please make me a barrow. Call it Beowulf's Barrow. You can have my necklace, armor, and helmet. You're the last of our clan. The only Wigwending, which is a really fun family oh, name. Oh, yeah, like some son of Wig. I guess his dad was like Wigwin yeah. or something. <laughs> Wigwandingy. Uh, fate has destroyed us, and now I must follow. And down he goes. Aww. Yeah. Par one out for the honey bear. For right? the honey bear. It's just him and a dragon dead next to each other. Um, the dudes that had been too scared to fight show up, and they see Wigloff just trying to wash him some more and <laughs> being very sad for Beowulf. Yeah. And Wiglaf gets pissed. He yells. He lays into these cowards, being like, I found new strength from helping, but he didn't have even enough help to hope of surviving. You guys, you suck. Now we're all fucked. Everyone will hear how Beowulf died and how his dudes abandoned him and know that 
you know, the Geatland is just occupied by losers who are just right. begging oh, to be conquered. Yeah. Uh, he's like, the Franks and Frisians specifically have just been waiting. They've been pissed since Higlock died in his idiot raid. And I also right. know the Swedes have a grudge against us. <laughs> um, and yeah, so they uh, mourn the loss of all the treasure they have. They're not going to be able to get any advantage from it. Okay. And like Wiglaf prescribes all their doom, and the narrator is like, and Wiglaf was right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is like the history of the fall of the Geats. Okay. But it's like they get to burn brightest, the brighter than anyone else before finally being extinguished. Mm. Yeah. So they chuck the dragon over a cliff, and they're like, <laughs> that's done. <laughs> they light the biggest, most beautiful funeral pyre ever. A Geet woman, like, comes in screaming and lamenting, like, prophesying the downfall and slavery and all the bad things that's coming to them. Damn. And they're like, the rest of the treasure is cursed. <laughs> this Aww. is all a cursed treasure. They're going to bury it because fuck them anyway. And, you know, the most 12 handsome princes ride around the barrow proclaiming, like, Beowulf, you were so great. You're the <laughs> most gracious and kindest and keenest to win glory. The end. This all does sound a lot like how Theoden's uh, burial and, like, uh, I can't remember the word, like, the train they take back to Rohan after the Battle of the Pelennor. Like, yeah. And like Thorin, all the different too. princes. And right? Like, he's... He, dude, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And, like, they lay the Arkenstone, like, the symbol of all the, the treasure hoard <laughs> on his chest while he's, like, lying in in state. Right, yeah. To be he's buried. buried with it. Like, it's yours forever. And Damn. You did it for all of us, but don't get to enjoy it. That's really sad. That's a sad ending for Beowulf. Yeah. Right? Because again, those three things we touched on, memory, remember these stories, glory, the only thing that can outlast you, and futility. You're like, <laughs> like you don't get to take it with you. Yeah. That's right. The fade. Yeah. All shall fade. Right? Wow. And like, again, like, not only do you not get to take it with you, but like, the, the kingdom, his people are like, you know, they have a slow doom <laughs> yeah. waiting That's for right. Them. Brutal, man. But the story lives on, so it's like he really, he really did it. And like the fact that this story about these specific things is one of the only pieces that we actually have from you know fifteen hundred years ago is like kind of magical, yeah. In that context, right? And now that we're you know feeling somber, a little spent, a little introspective at how our lives mm -hmm. are and what we might leave behind is a legacy, it's only appropriate. And we're going to turn up the energy. Have a Kenning quiz. Kenning Get quiz. your fingers on the buzzer. We're going to do some linguistic laughs coming your way. All right. Bring it on. <laughs> right. So we talked about them a couple times. These uh, traits are these like impossible hard to translate and transcribe combinations of words mashed together to create mm -hmm. different meanings. Beowulf and whale road. So here I have a selection of some of my favorites, and we're just going to let y'all buzz in and see what you think they mean. Okay. So are you ready? It's yeah, time to play Kenny Quiz. <laughs> ba -ba -ba. Ba -ba -ba. Yeah. Fanfare music. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, contestants. If you heard Shadow Stalker, what does that make you think of? Oh. Bzz. Oh, we have a uh, buzz from like a, the like big a, bear. Like a thief? Uh, like a thieving man? <laughs> well, the action is correct, but maybe this one refers to a specific character in the story. 
Oh, now we shit. go to Sarah for the Shadow steal. Stalker. Shadow stalker. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I want to say Grendel, but that seems obvious. That seems hmm. obvious. He didn't really do much stalking. So he did a little stalking. I guess he did. <laughs> Is that your final answer? Grendel's mother. Oh, so close. It was Grendel, Grendel himself. It was Grendel. God damn it. <laughs> And this one's fun because the old English is Shadow Ganga, which is Shadow Stalker, which translates right to Gengar, everyone's favorite ghost Pokemon. <laughs> right? That's that shit rules. Trivia, Language man. is wonderful. What about that? <laughs> All right. This next one is not a person, but a uh, concept. Mm-hmm. What springs to mind when you hear word hoard? <laughs> Book? Uh, oh, uh, Buzz. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but, just say thanks. Yeah. Uh, a, a dream. Ooh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, word hordes. Both of you are undone by your imaginations. Those are better guesses. It is Fuck. just Beowulf deciding to talk. Yeah. <laughs> just talking. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, when Hrothgar is like, man, will you go do this thing? He's like, yeah. Beowulf unleashed his word horde. Right. <laughs> like, it's like a speech. Yeah. yeah. I will like go do tweet. this. Yeah. Like it's sweet. Under 140 characters. Okay. Awesome. All right. Next up. Just a little geek tweet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Another reason to be on Twitter. (laughs) All right. Good test is what springs to mind when you hear bone lappings? Oh, Buzz. Yeah. Doing it. Doing it. (laughs) (laughs) They're laughing on each other. Could be the weird. Just. (laughs) <laughs> that's incorrect oh. and terrifying <laughs> over to tom bone that made lappings. my that made my inflamed monstrous eardrum rattle and shriek oh. scream <laughs> uh bone lapping is like uh food uh close oh. like a like a haunch of meat that you'd pick up in a video and game to heal you're adjacent to it. I haven't been scoring you, but we'll see. I'll reveal it at the end. This is like the... the this is what Grendel eats up of our good okay. friend Hoshu, or whatever his name oh, was, no. Honshu. Uh, the bone lappings are like the, the joints and sinews oh. as he tore oh, them apart. God. Yeah. <laughs> Moving right along. Round four. What, pray tell, is a battle seat? Ooh. Uh, a buzz. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, Let me hear it. A horse? Ooh, so close. <laughs> I was going to say saddle. Saddle. Yeah. saddle is correct. That's yeah. <laughs> that is a big point for Tom on saddle that one. Saddle seat. I should have really thought that one through. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, part of the gear when Hrothgar gives him a bunch of horses. He gives him his own battle seat. That's And sick. says, nice. like, this was Hrothgar's excellent saddle. He was always right to the thickest throng of battle helping out. Because of his good, good seat with real Corinthian If it leather. ain't throng, I don't want to be right. <laughs> if it's wrong. <laughs> Round five. Stayed alive. What, pray tell, is a troll dam? Uh, Buzz. Uh, what? Uh, we're going to go youth first on that one. Sarah, what's your <laughs> guess? Is it a cave? It is not a cave. Okay. Like a, a beaver dam, dam, you were thinking. Yeah, I, I was see. thinking of a dam in the marshes mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, I figured it's this little dam. Well, let's um, see what Tom has for us. Okay. Troll dam. Troll dam. A bridge? 
Also incorrect. This refers to Grendel's sexy, sexy mom. Aww. What? Damn being the shortened dame. She oh, is dame. the lady troll. troll. Yeah. Like Beldum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, okay. Sh- Shody. Yeah. Damn, Shody. La troll damn sans merci. <laughs> it's beautiful. Next. Ooh, this is hard. Tell me about the battle bugle. Oh, it's just buzz! It's just a trumpet. Yeah, it is a horn. trumpet. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's barely a cannon. I know. I just really like saying "battle bugle." Yeah, I highly really recommend sick. it. Delicious. All right, keeping in that theme, how about a battle torch? Buzz, is it you have just buzzed. a torch in the? In the Fool! You have fallen into my trap. It is not oh, a torch. What is it, Tom? Do you have a guess? Uh, battle torch. Uh. Yeah, I don't... I have no fucking idea. A sword on fire. It is a sword. Partial credit. That is his glittering battle torch is extinguished when he can't land a hit on Grendel's mom. That's uh, hunting the unfailing sword that fails. Okay. Well, I debate... I, you know, challenge that because (laughs) where where is the light source coming from? It's reflecting off of it. Therefore, not a torch. Glittering sword, flashing brilliant in battle. The battle torch. Get poetic with it. No. Hell yeah. Refuse. All right. Well, let's see. Maybe you'll have better luck with this less battle-oriented Kenning. (laughs) The next one. What is a gold friend? (laughs) Like a yellow Tamagotchi. (laughs) Buzz. Yes. Is it treasure? Close. It is not treasure. Gold. <laughs> is it? Is it a guy that gives you treasure? That's correct. Prothgar is an excellent gold friend. That's nice. Yeah. He He's a friend that gives you some gold. That's, that's so sick. Cute. <laughs> I love these. Wow. All right, only three more. So really focus in, up, guys. So I just... <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, let Tom answer first. <laughs> Let's go to Tom next. Tell me, what is the world's candle? Oh, it's the fucking sun. It's gotta be. It is the sun for sure. It warms the earth on their trip back home. World candle. That's really cute. Right? (laughs) (laughs) These are all cuties. Penultimate canning. Tell me, what springs to mind when you hear tail turners? Oh, what? Oh, is he talking about actual tails? Or yeah. He... Uh, can we get the spelling of the word tail? Oh. No. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> Actually, it... yes, it is T-A-I-L. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay, that's harder somehow. It's some yeah. sort of royal twerk, maybe. Oh. <laughs> like uh, the uh, thing you use to whip a horse's butt. <laughs> a riding crop. Interesting. Yeah, crop. No, it's incorrect. Turner. Sarah. Tail Turner. Is it a horse bridle? Is it a bridle? Is that your final answer? Yeah. It is incorrect. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, here, let me get to... <laughs> I liked your taking damage, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tail Turners and Battle Dodgers are the names given to Wiglaf's shitty, faithless companions that won't Aww. help Beowulf. Oh, that's, of course. They turn tail too. and flee. Mm. Yeah. Don't want to be a tail turner. No. No. All right. Last one for all the gold friends you can possibly have. (laughs) Tell me, what is a bone house? (laughs) 
Buzz. Sarah has buzzed in. It's your body. It's your skeleton. That's correct. Oh, shit. I was going to get it wrong. Yeah, damn. Good job. Beowulf's body is the bone house that burns so brilliantly on his magnificent funeral pyre. Wow. Wow. And that's the end of the canning quiz. Thank you for playing. Damn. I have many torques and necklaces and horses to reward the winner. Half Dan, you're a full Dan in my heart. That was so fun. Oh, oh my so gosh. Glad. We should do these every episode. I right? like, love a quiz. This poem is so well made. It is really cool. There are lots of, uh, it's like 3,000-ish lines of poetry in that. Damn. There are 600 kennings that don't exist anywhere outside of this poem. Right. Oh, so like imagine trying to have the context to translate that. That's absolutely wild. That is a great segue into the movie because here's a little beef I have. So in school, you you do Beowulf. And mm-hmm. like if you're lucky, you have a teacher who offers you a lot of context. Same with Shakespeare. Because as like a 13, 14 year old trying to decipher old English and like with the little footnotes on the side. Ooh. And you also have barely entered into this unless you've like done some of your own reading on the side. Like it's really hard to sink into what's going on. So you would hope that a movie would help you with this. Right. <laughs> uh, Muddies the waters even further somehow. We've talked about this before with Shakespeare. I think it's a really good idea for kids to watch up the play instead Mm -hmm. because it helps you sink into what's actually going on and understand why people are saying certain things and like Mm -hmm. how the prose works because reading it on paper does not always let the metaphor sink in so clearly. Like it's hard to differentiate what's metaphor and what what are they actually talking about. Yeah, I mean, just like with, with, with Shakespeare, it's meant to be seen performed by multiple players. We even with something like Beowulf, like reading it on the page is is underselling it because you're meant to hear it. Yeah. And even in a translated version where all the rhymes and verse and meter won't add up to the original form, it still helps a lot to get some of the the rhythm and the the like punctuation on where a thought ends or begins. Absolutely. Totally. This is why there's like or one of the reasons that Seamus Heaney gets so much praise is because he didn't just translate it, he also recorded the audiobook of it. Nice. Right. Yeah, really I think, great way I think, to experience this poem. I think the Tolkien one is is in prose, which draws criticism because he didn't want to do it in verse. He was trying to concentrate on the um just getting like a as authentic a translation of meaning hmm. as he could right. rather than trying to replicate form because you know you have to sacrifice in one area to to allow for the yeah. other but no totally it's what we talked about in our odyssey episode as well like mm-hmm. every translation is just as equally a translation like there's none that will ever be like closer to the source than another because it reflects the attitude and intention of the translator the, the benefit I want to give Beowulf the movie is it did help me understand like the some of like the the scenery and the the yeah. life at the time mm-hmm. in in some ways. Obviously, it's fantasy, so you can't really take too much of it to heart. And apparently, they changed a ton of the story. So. <laughs> but it, it, but it gives you visual context that does yeah. really help you know imagining what's going on. So I think that plus an understanding of the poem will only help, right? Exactly. So I don't want to shit on it completely because I'm not going to lie. It is. Uh, It's really fun to shit on it. But also, (laughs) like, I did have a 
fun time. Like, I can't deny that. So if that's what a movie is for, good. But I don't want anyone to think that they watched this movie and actually got <laughs> and understand story. what's happening. <laughs> yeah. That I think is the message I want to drive home. If you guys go and watch it, like I know you've seen some you've seen it before, like a long mm-hmm. time ago. We all watched it. Because it was supposed to be this breakthrough, amazing cinematic masterpiece of like, you can't tell it's not CG. It's amazing. A it's new incredible. technological touchstone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Progress. Yeah. Like before, it was only two years before Avatar 2. So Avatar must have been like in development at this point. Oh, so yeah. for sure. little did we know like what was to come. And I know it was in 3D because some of the shots are so fucking stupid. Like <laughs> things coming at you for no reason. It's just oh disorienting. My God. What a terrible time for movies. It You're re- just like, there is going to be at one point a pie coming right at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so it gets away from itself at some points. But I think the parts that disturbed me the most, especially after hearing the story, is just how they paint Beowulf in this because they make him a douche like complete, yeah, he's a dick in that movie huh? complete dick like he's the i could argue that the scene where he lets one of his guys die in the story is arguably douche behavior but like he straight up is lounging in the movie uh naked while all of his friends are partying and his plan is to get the monster to come so why didn't he just make noise by himself in this hall waiting to fight this mo- why does or sit a little closer to the door yeah, yeah. <laughs> or sit a little closer to the door uh yeah so the the movie really was just i think a cash grab because people paid to see it and they wanted to test out this technology probably for future films that the yeah the shrek tech the yeah. shrek tech they really <laughs> wanted to know uh so they got like a pretty good cast like anthony hopkins is a big pull uh i actually don't know anything about the lead um what's his name again uh ray oh. winstone i think i've seen him before i don't know i forgot it wasn't sean b i know it's <laughs> <laughs> different he guy. would never they got, he has too they much got, integrity uh yeah uh, john malkovich <laughs> wild absolutely like wild a yeah. lower tier character uh and robin wright uh from uh, she's the princess in Princess Bride. Princess Bride, awesome. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Crispin Glover, always a creep. So that's a pretty good cast, I guess, for Grendel, whatever. And then Angelina Jolie as like a completely different version. They were like, what if Grendel's mom was a hottie, bo body, banana banana bo body, <laughs> instead of like just a sick monster? So that's, that's the Beowulf movie. You don't have to watch that. Uh, but I really recommend listening to the audiobook because it sounds like a much more enriching t- use of two hours because it's almost the exact same amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm watching the trailer for the Beowulf 2007 video game. Oh. He's curb stomping a lot of werewolves in this video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I not talk about the curb stomping werewolf part? Shit. You must have missed that. You missed that, yeah. Oh. It, of course it's fucking Ubisoft. Like, yeah. why not Ubisoft? It's the cash grab company. Yeah, exactly. I actually miss the days of, like, shameless video game movie adaptation and Sopranos cash movie. Well, it felt Sopranos more honest. Game. Road to yeah. respect. <laughs> 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. <laughs> God, those were the days. Yeah. Thank so, you for joining us for Beowulf. And thanks, Dan, for providing all the fun, cool information. And me for bumming everyone out at the end. <laughs> 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 oh. 
It's the sobering reminder we needed of how far humanity has fallen. <laughs> yeah. This should weigh heavily on your heart nestled firmly inside our bone cages. That's right. Well, I'm your good gold friend, Dan. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the Tom road to the bathroom. Wait, th- are you going to walk along yourself to the bathroom? The- no, the Tom road is the... It's Tom's hallway. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Obviously. Ah, yes. Say goodbye, bee babies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a bee baby. (laughs)